Hello, like, friends. Welcome back. It's Kent Jernigan. Hey, guys. What's up? It's Zach again. And Carter. This is episode seven of Roundtable Round Radio. Table Welcome Radio. back. Welcome back. Thank you guys so much for all the um the feedback from last week's episode. I think that I, th- I think we all enjoyed um, putting that one together. It seems like you guys enjoyed it as well. Um, we got a lot of comments and view uh, listens and whatnot so thank you guys for all of that um we we're glad that we fostered a conversation that needed to be had so nah just uh thanks for commenting and giving us your feedback on last week it's always nice whenever we uh get the opportunity to hear back from you guys instead of just having us learn from each other we get to learn from you guys and your opinions and your uh your perspective too so that's always a lot of fun and um We'll be doing more Christian themes in the coming weeks, but we haven't picked out any specific items to talk about. That's true. We don't necessarily we don't necessarily aim to do a certain genre. It just happened that that was a popular topic, so it we covered it. It's part of the American fabric. It's Christianity. It's part of the American fabric and American society and American culture. Wait, where is this coming from? Kent? Is this just like what's on your heart at the moment? I think we should have one Christian topic each week from now on. Should, I don't think you should force it that we're sitting around here talking about what color carpet our church has i mean if you, if it's something important <laughs> in like the public realm of discussion then yeah we'll discuss it but we're not if it's something like very minute and small then we don't want to just look you can tell this is unscripted and we're having a good time this weekend um first we're going to get started i believe on the lax shooting that happened this week i think carter's going to give us a little bit of a rundown of what kind of happened what went down a little we're get into a few uh, discussional topics about it yes so um Let's see, we're already having issues with this chair and this mic again. Um, yep. Okay. So, if unless you were under like a rock, um, and on Friday there's a shooting at LAX. Um, it was Friday, and the man's name is Paul Ciancia. I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly, but he walked into the um, front door. Huh? Yeah. He walked into LAX and opened fire, and he shot. He actually shot three people. He killed one. It was a TSA officer, and he just shot him. It says at point blank range. Then he went up an escalator and came back, and he came to shoot the guy again, but I think he ended up shooting two other people. So three people got shot, and one died. So that happened on Friday. He is currently, he is currently in the hospital right now. It said the last article I read said that he's unresponsive. He actually meant, because they found, like, his letters and whatnot, he meant to go shoot the TSA officers. It sound, the whole letters sounded kind of weird. He, it sounded like he wanted to – at one point in his, article, in his letter, it said that he wanted to show how easy it is to, to kind of just go up in an uh, airport. And Did everyone he knows know Gerardo Hernandez, the guy that died? I don't – it's not clear right now. Is there a he, connection? No. It's, his, his letter is kind of vague, so they don't really know. But for sure, he definitely wanted to show people how easy it is to go into an airport or the – the front Great. area, yeah. The like, if, like if going through security was not drudgery. Yeah. Well, enough, anyone can walk up in that we're gonna part of the like airport. Dogs like are going to be there, and somebody with a rifle. Yeah, I guarantee you, you won't be just walking up in airports now with this happening. But he wanted to show them, and he, I guess, he showed them that, and it sounded. Hold on, talk real quick. The New York Times has an interesting article entitled um, "At LAX, Two Lives Collide in a Fatal in- Instant," and the most two. Best sentences from it are this. All around, the everyday drudgery of passing through security gates turned into terror. Passengers running for their lives in abandoned luggage as heavily armed police officers ordered them to hit the floor for safety. That sounds like a real bad day. He's 
And then another thing that they said was um, this Paul Ciancia was identified by the police as the gunman, was critically wounded, shot in the head by officers in, per- in pursuit to stop a rampage. Yeah, it said in one part of his um, letter, it said that he talks a, a lot about killing TSA agents. Well, we see how that ended. Yeah. So I don't know if he maybe had an issue with TSA in the past and this prompted this. We don't know if he knew the guy that he shot. We don't know if he knew the guy that he shot, but um, I think it's definitely shocking. As you guys have heard, or I think, what was it, episode three we had the gun debate? Yeah. Yeah, it was episode three way back. Um, we're not going to rehash that again, but we wanted to talk about, we can kind of, I don't. The New York Times also had another article about how TSA agents are um, trained to save their own lives and to sa- help other people save their lives, their own lives. I just, just want to propose a quick question to you guys. What are your thoughts on uh, airport security at the moment? Do you think just having security to get back to the gates is enough, or do you think they need to have security to just walk in the airport in general? What are your thoughts on that? I was going well, I from Newburn to Atlanta one time, and I got there a little late. But I got to go through Delta, and then when I got to TSA, it was a real small airport, and they wouldn't let me go through because they said you had to be there an hour before your flight left. So I kind of wanted to kill them then. But he he wrote a whole letter about this, and he said, made the conscious decision to try and kill transportation security administration employees. And he also said he wrote the letter because he wanted to instill fear in your traitorous mind. So something's happened between him and somebody that works for the TSA. Yeah, maybe just anti-government sentiment. I don't know. But um, I think that he's not the only now, one in America. That's the sad thing. Yeah. Now I think you're definitely gonna see more people in the um front areas, by like the check-in gates and all that. I think they're probably gonna ha- they're gonna have to change that. I mean, of course, the main goal of airport security is to make sure that nobody gets into the larger area of the airport, like past TSA, and where your people are boarding and whatnot. Cause that's it's, where it's set up very smartly, where you have to show that you have a ticket. And then you. I know. I'm saying line. they want. They, they don't set up pretty well. I know. I'm saying they don't want people, everyone, to get past that point unless you you have a legitimate reason. So they want to keep the general. You know, that's where most of the people are, and that's where the planes are. They don't want people getting to the, the mass majority of people and then on the planes to carry out whatever they want to do. I think but that like when you get out of the car, there should be like na- what's it called National Guard people, and then before you get to TSA, there should be like well, some I don't National think Guard gonna, people protecting all the I TSA I think you're probably going to see now. But apparently this was the first time that a TSA officer had been killed since um, they – Yeah, sim- well, since they um, brought about TSA 12 years ago after 9-11. So I guess that's good. But um, I think now you'll probably see that you'll see more security at the front so that maybe they'll restrict who can get in or maybe they'll have – maybe even just metal detectors or something, people to kind of make sure that things are all right because it is very easy. You just walk up in that area. I mean, you can't get – past TSA without a ticket or anything like that, but I think they probably do need to change that. I want to say first, I think the security uh, admission does a great job, or administration does a great job of keeping the people that don't need to go back towards the gate in the terminal. They do a great job of keeping those people out, and they do a great job of keeping weapons out of that area. And I've been through airport security a few times recently. It's extensive. They, they get everything they need to know. But as far as walking in the front gate, I can see what you're talking about, maybe putting more people there to patrol and stuff. But as far as checking every single person that walks in the airport door, I just don't know if that's like an. Well, not like a TSA like style check, but have like. I mean, so like metal like metal detectors cost money. There's like there's so many people coming in and out, and there's like so, I mean the cost of that is so high. I understand having people there guarding, but at the same time, like you know, this guy talks about how easy it is. Literally, in the same sense, someone can walk into Walmart or any other store or a university or anything else and have even more success shooting people up if that's their goal. They can do that just about anywhere. So well, I the New York like Times article was kind of interesting because they interviewed somebody that was a retired TSA agent because people that are in the thing get penalized for talking to journalists. But he had just retired, and he said 
that he was fearful going to work every day and that when he had nothing to do, he would plan escape routes just in case something bad did happen. So I think they might have interviewed somebody that was a little crazy about this <laughs> Save Yourself article, but it was interesting but, just to see how they think because they know they're in danger every day when they're at work, which is sad. But, I mean, I know they're in some sort of danger, especially because flights are, you know, a good source. And I said a good source. They're a target for terrorists and potential criminals because there's so many people interacting there and so many people going through that's a, that's a good target place for, for terrorists. So I understand that. But as far as just the front door walking in the front gate, I feel like you have those same problems anywhere you go in society. There's going to be a lot of people there. And if a criminal wants to do harm there, they can. So I don't see, like, to what extent does it stop? Because, I mean, unless you're wanting to put police officers and law enforcement into every entrance into every major building at some point, like, like where do we where do we stop and, like, I'm not saying, like, have, like, full-on TSA-style pat-downs or anything like that. I'm just saying maybe have a few security guards on the floor because I don't – I personally haven't seen too many security guards in those areas. And it said that the man shot – he walked in this area with his assault rifle, shot the man, rode up the escalator, and came back down. So that – I don't know, like, what the time lapse of that was. That sounds like there was some time for him to shoot people, go up the stairs, come back – so it sounds like there was, like – Maybe there's a scramble for, oh, can we get security in this area? Maybe they just need to have more security stationed in that area just to watch what is going on, just to keep an eye out. Maybe not maybe metal detectors, depending on how much traffic or how many people are going in and out of those doors. But just at least have more security guards so that if someone isn't able to shoot people, go up the escalator, come back down, and continue to shoot people. I think that's The correct. problem with metal detectors. I agree with that. I agree with that. The problem with metal detectors, though, is anytime you're wearing a belt or something like that, that's going to go off and it's going to have – that's going to require require staff and stuff. So I think metal detectors – I do see what you're saying, that maybe there should be a person, whether patrolling or just walking around in that area that's armed or that is with law enforcement, maybe a couple, depending on the size of the airport. Um, LAX, I know they're, they're – I don't. I don't even want to start talking about about LAX. I did not enjoy my experience there, but um, it's small John enough for maybe one or two people John to, uh, Wayne. to patrol it. Um, John I do Wayne. want to applaud law enforcement here. Um, I feel like law enforcement did a pretty good job of handling this situation. Um, it is busy. It doesn't mean it's nice talking about LAX. But but anyways, um, I do want to 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 give a shout out and a thanks to law enforcement for handling the situation. I feel like it was pretty quickly. Um, I know there was a fatality, and I, I do feel sorry for that family and that situation. I think law enforcement did a good job of responding to the situation. Um, yes, you know, had a ton of right and escalator, and there was probably a couple minutes there, but I think they responded quickly and minimized the amount of damage that was done. So I do want to uh, give a big thanks to them. Um, I think Carter's right where there could be a couple extra people, but at some point it's just it's going to get hard because you don't have so much money to hire so many people to, to be there to enforce laws and to – protect people so i think at some point there's there's got to be a happy balance where it's still cost effective and it's still reasonable but i do think yeah somebody should probably should probably be in the front of the airport there as well so i think you're right about that i agree you agree with what i agree with that check one two I agree with what Zach had to say. <laughs> it's discussion, okay? You can't, <laughs> you can't stay stop asking me questions or having a discussion. <laughs> I love it. I love these guys. I They're agree really with you, which means I'm on the same page. You can't be like, well, why? Or give me a reason. I know. I was just, I was kidding. I, I love this I restaurant. Think. You don't like, oh, why do you love this restaurant? Tell me why you love this restaurant. If I'm the one that's, you the, I didn't even say I love the restaurant. I just said I agree. No, you're right. I was just, I was just playing with you. I thought it was funny. Go on. Um, 
Well, more security, hopefully, in these airports, um, so that these this stuff doesn't yeah, have to happen. Okay. Thankfully, thankfully, there weren't a lot of lives lost, but prayers and thoughts definitely go out to those families. So, that's it for that topic. Um, and right now, I'm gonna go ahead and slip this in so that nobody tries to stop me. Um, but. You know the person we love to talk about every week, Chris Brown. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this real short. Yeah, I had to I had to throw this in randomly because my co-host can't and Zach aren't gonna comment. Just Chris Brown actually went to rehab. Good for him. If you look at the pictures, we though, are rooting looks, for him. Here we are. He looks like he's like 50. What years is this? Old. The Chris Brown show? So Chris Brown's in, he looks horrible. <laughs> but Chris Brown is in rehab. Um, after his issue last week with the man outside the club, he apparently admitted that he has anger issues. Huh. Um, I know that. Yeah, but I think apparently Surprise, it's, it says, um, but a source told the gossip website TMZ that the Los Angeles County Probation Department wasn't impressed and said they're gunning for Chris. All I have to say about this is, Chris, I'm glad you're finally getting help. I do kind of feel like his lawyer, he was advised to get this to kind of go to rehab to kind of maybe say, oh, look at this man trying to help himself. But apparently now it's a little too late. I mean, duh, it's been four years since Chris Brown has had legal issues. So four years later, you're still acting up. Even though it said that he wants to go for, I think, for over three months to rehab, it probably is a little too late. But good for you, Chris Brown. Um, hope you get all the help and detox you need in rehab. I agree with that. No further comment. Okay. Um, next topic. All right, um, I definitely savor any opportunity we have to talk about anything that relates to sports because I'm a sports fanatic. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I just <laughs> we have a little we have a little a few jokes coming around the studio here for those of you that can't hear it on the mic. Next topic is we're talking about uh. <laughs> oh yeah, next topic. We're glad y'all are listening in this week. We're going to talk about uh, Jonathan Martin. He's a uh, player with the – he's an NFL football player with the Miami Dolphins. He's been in the league – he's been in the league for – this is his second year now, so about a year and a half. Uh, recently, he was – he left the team. Jonathan Martin, he left the team. Um, there was speculation that there were bullying – there was bullying going on in the locker room or there was an issue between him. What was that? Yeah, apparently the apparently well apparently the incident happened that in the cafeteria where he slammed his cafeteria tray down or whatever and left, but there was rumor that other things had been going on in the locker room previously and this was a build up and he had snapped. Fox Sports reports that teammates pulled a prank in the cafeteria on Martin who smashed his tray and took off. So something happened right before that. Well, the thing is, apparently he'd been. Richie Incognito, I believe, is one of the leaders of the, the locker room there. He's kind of like a player that's been there for a few years. But there's been some rumors that he was involved in the pranks and the bullying. He's taken some shots at some NFL reporters recently via Twitter. What are you, what are you guys' thoughts on the situation um, and especially how bullying is involved in the NFL locker room? Where, like, where do you think the line needs to be drawn between having pranks between players and when is it bullying and you know what is what's the real issue here? I um overall I'm not a fan of bullying. I'm totally against it. Yeah, you should go on. Everybody should go. I agree, but no comment. Everybody should go. Who on. is a fan of bullying? Well, some people like that. Everybody should go on Netflix right now and watch that documentary, Bully. Um, it sheds a lot of light on it and the horrors of such actions. 
But um, with this situation, it seems like a lot hasn't come out. I think there's a lot more that's going on behind the scenes. It says that Martin hasn't filed a formal complaint because he fears retribution, primarily from this incognito man, Richie, uh, who people are saying. Yeah, can we read this Miami Herald? This his is last, the title is his last name it. really incognito? Is that a nickname? That's this is the title of this article. Miami Dolphins coach Joe whatever on Jonathan Martin. Bullying will not be tolerated. Well, and then the next now. sentence says, Jonathan Martin's absence from the Dolphins following a team prank continued Friday. Some sympathize with the lineman, while others say he, he should toughen up. Let there me tell are you a lot. What I'm going to say. We're going to meet that out. Um, let me just say this. I understand that there's pranking, and maybe that's a big thing. Oh, of course it's a big thing in like sports culture and stuff like that. My thing is that you have to know who you're messing with when you do these pranks. And that's just across the board. Because I've seen many a time where pranks go awry. Because they either... Either you do it with the wrong person and they don't react the way you thought they would, or you take it too far. So I. Well, there's a Mallory Frederick on the bus who tells everybody's parents about what happened. Oh, gosh. Well, hopefully, Mallory doesn't listen to this show. Um, so, yeah. Okay. With this whole bullying thing, I think. I don't. I don't want to call it bullying. If it is bullying, then it is bullying. I don't. I don't. You know, I don't want to say too much. <laughs> I don't want to say too much. Exploratory. This is really going left. But um, <laughs> like I said, with pranks and stuff, things of that nature, you really have to be careful with how you do that and how you mess with people. Some people don't react well to pranks. You know, pranks, and I understand there's like a, they kind of prank the younger kids on the team or whatever, however that goes. But I hope that this, I hope that he's not, you know, kind of being silenced because he, kind of fears like getting flack from his teammates and i do think his teammates should be more sensitive with this and i don't think this whole this whole able issue to go to work without getting picked on yeah this whole thing of like toughen up i think if somebody's offended by something somebody feels a certain type of way about something you shouldn't i don't think that toughen up is exactly the term that you should be using with them because you can't change what people are offended or hurt by so i hope that everybody acts like they have good sense um with this including his teammates i hope that the coaches and the administration and whoever's paying the checks um i hope that everybody acts right and you know gets on this i just don't understand at what point these these are supposed to be grown men they're in the, the national football like this is a profession for them this isn't something they do after school this isn't something they do as a hobby this is a profession for these people and yet i don't understand how they can't get it right stop pranking people do your job I, and go home i understand that pranking people is part of a culture and that's kind of yeah, these people must be bored or something yeah. don't I mean, you have to a practice level, there's a level of hazing or like get yourself to run faster and get yourself to throw better and get yourself I mean, a better check hazing, is that more important hazing when it, when improper it gets a bad rap of course but i think in some level hazing when you say hazing it's such a serious negative connotation but i'm talking about i'm talking about minimal I'm talking about like, yeah, guess your mic, Kent. Well, we're just, I'm talking about not necessarily like hazing and the negative connotation. You're just being pranking. harassed, you're being harassed. That's period. If somebody doesn't like something, if somebody doesn't like something. You, you should, should take it out on them somewhere other than I understand work, that, not at work. I understand there's a difference in sports culture and what you guys do and don't do and whatever. But, I mean, use your good sense. If so, you're going to have to spend a lot of time with these people, too. Like and you're on a contract for like three years. It seems years. like from what they're saying that he was finally fed up and smashed his plate down or whatever. It seems like maybe there was something going on before this to make him act like that. Maybe he did act kind of um, irrationally, but judging from what I'm reading, it seems like this has probably been going back a while. So, I mean, just do your job. Go home. 
I think in any sport or as well as any profession in general, there's going to be some kind of pranking going on, especially against the rookies and the younger people. Uh, I read an article the other day about how there was a player that they uh, they took his car whenever they were in practice or spring training and they moved it um, to a different lot. Um, I don't think that's that serious of a prank because he was looking, he was kind of worried. But of and course, then when like, you get to the parking lot and you call the police because you think your car's been well, stolen. Well, there was somebody with him there, and once he like he got scared for a minute, then they told him, "Hey, it's over there," and it was all cool. Like, I mean. There's things like that where as long as you have somebody with you to keep it under control, like I don't think it's that big of a deal. And it's just kind of, kind of a little fun to have with the rookies. Um, as long as it's within appropriate bounds and it's it's not over the top, I think it's okay. But clearly in this situation, they did something to go over the top. So I don't clearly you have to understand who you're dealing with in the situation before you go and do any kind of prank on anybody. And I encourage that with you and your friends to know your friends before you prank them. Um, the other day, my, my roommates and I did a prank on Carter. We uh, we watched a movie the other night. Did a little prank. Someone had to kick you out of my apartment. You got any comments on the prank, Carter? Nope. This Richie Incognito person, his, I'm reading his little Twitter tirade. He sounds like a, like he might be guilty or something. Just the way he's going <laughs> he off. Just like, stop slandering my name. Yeah, he's bro. going off. Richie, you might be guilty with this. I don't know. You might have. Because somebody subpoena his um, court, his Twitter account. Because he's really going off like somebody who just got caught with their pants down, and now he's in. But they didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, now all of a sudden he's like, I want my name, I want my name cleared. You need to. Look, look up, and uh, that's Richie Incognito right there. <laughs> so his name is Incognito. Maybe he's got when he's in jail, hide. he can find where his brain's at. I don't know. Look, Richie, I don't. Richie, I don't know you. I don't know if you were involved in this. If you're pranking somebody. I don't know because I wasn't there, but I just encourage you, Mr. Incognito, to just kind of take a back seat, let it play out. The truth yeah. will come to light. Don't get defensive on Twitter. I think taking to Twitter to be defensive is never the best step. You think he can't afford a PR, a publicist? Just, just, take, just take a back seat. Well, let the truth come out. Pay a publicist to go and talk for you. What was that, Carter? I said pay somebody to go talk to. Pay a publicist. Stop doing this. So you're, you're a football player. You're not a publicist. You're not a communications major. You're a football player. So just play football. Have somebody else to handle the media for you. Don't get defensive because it's going to make you sound guilty. That's just the way it is. You do sound guilty. Uh, I'm not judging you. I'm not understanding. I don't, I don't know what happened. It'll come to light eventually. But for now, just take a back seat. Let things play out. Go to your job. Win a football game like you did last week. Um, Continue to do that, and all the haters will just go away, as I like to say. Well, that was um, good for that topic. We enjoyed having that little segment. Um, yeah, and go watch Bully if you have the chance. It was a good documentary. Um, so I think we're going to have a another discussion like we used to have in the back days um, when we first started. Um, what do we talk? Let Zach introduce us. All right, guys. So... Halloween was just this weekend. Today is November 3rd, I believe. It's coming around. Um, Carter is pretty close to this because he works um, in retail at the mall, and he hears the music all the time. Apparently, they've started playing Christmas music in the malls. Uh, some stores have trees up, but it's like November 3rd. So I just want, I just want to hear your opinions and perspectives. Uh, how soon is too soon for the Christmas music? I personally love Christmas music. Christmas is like my favorite time of the year. But I just want to know, is, is it already time to have Christmas carols and everything going on, or is it just too soon for you guys? I love Christmas, too. I'm like the man in um, Christmas with the Cranks, the annoying neighbor who goes, like, real hard for Christmas. Like, that's that's me in spirit. But I just, like, my thing, my rule 
And I really, I can't wait to listen to Christmas music because it just, it just, it's real emotional. It's a real emotional experience for me. I just love the whole time. But I mean, the rule is if they're not playing it on the radio, then you shouldn't be playing it and or listening to it. My thing is, it's fine to listen to Christmas music on Thanksgiving evening slash night. That's when the radio start playing it. That's when families usually get together after Thanksgiving meals. That's when my family does it. We start decorating the tree and doing all that stuff. That's like the safe zone for Christmas music. I went into work yesterday, which was November 2nd, and they had like Christmas music playing in between the regular music. And I was confused. The customers were confused. I was upset. Some of the customers were upset. I mean, the malls already had, I don't know if you, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is all the malls like, across the nation. The malls are already like decorated with all the Christmas foliage. And, yeah, we haven't even gotten to Thanksgiving. I mean, I understand you don't really decorate for Thanksgiving. It's kind of like, lumped in with Christmas with all the sales and all that. But I think it's a little too early. and People need to slow their rolls down. Cool your jets. I think it's one of those things where as far as having the Christmas music and the decorations in the stores. It's after Thanksgiving kind of thing. Yeah, I don't like it. There's a limit. There's but then a limit. at the same time, you have to understand these are retailers, and they make, like. If I had a CD that I was trying to sell for Christmas, it would be in stores right now. Well, no, 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 no. I would release this a Christmas well, CD Christmas right now. Christmas music is coming out now. I know Mary J. Blige just released hers. I think Tamar Braxton has a Christmas music. That's smart. Yeah, your, smart Christmas, your Christmas music comes out in November, because that's when you have enough time. You have enough time to. Yeah, why are you arguing? You have enough time to sell your music before Christmas comes, so that's smart. But also, and I understand that Chris, a, a Christmas tree up in October. I understand that retail kind of goes hard for Christmas because that's like the biggest time of year. But I just, I really don't want to hear this. I really don't want to hear this music right now. I know retail; they get most of their money during the Christmas season and the holiday season. Um, so of course, but I'm sure there's some statistical reason why they put Christmas music out sooner if it boosts their sales or whatever. Um, I don't enjoy it, but I understand that, you know, yeah, if they're going to do it to boost sales, then it's necessary. Now, it's still 70 degrees out, and I don't care for Christmas music right now. Um, but what about, I always like, like the thing that I have more common sense than book smarts. And to me, it doesn't make sense that when Christ's birthday rolls around, I buy a present for everybody I've ever met or anybody that's ever been brother-related to me. That doesn't make any sense to me. I can't just take my five-day break and my little vacation and relax. I have to um, wrap up all these random gifts for all these random people with some paper that's expensive as hell and all the not that important i should rather relax and buy everybody a real nice gift that's what i feel about christmas i don't know where this came from but i love it though. me either so um if anyone's listening do not get kent anything for christmas because he just doesn't want it. i'm not getting you anything for christmas all right well i think that is as clear quick question on christmas trees when can Christmas trees go up? I know a lot of people say after Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving. Okay. I'm straight with after Thanksgiving. I think that's completely it's like fair. like a birthday. I will throw a disclaimer out, though. My tree's going up before Thanksgiving because Carter's not approving. <laughs> um, as a college student, I'm moving out of for the for the winter and, like, the 12th or 11th of Where December. Where are you going? Well, I mean, I'm going back home for winter break. So I'm paying for an apartment in Raleigh, and you're going to chill in Goldsboro? I mean, it's winter break. I'm going home to see family and stuff. Like, I got, I got people to see things to do. Fair point, though. But we'll see y'all back next week. Thank you, guys. Um, Thanks for listening in. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Roundtable Radio. Um, hopefully, next. Follow us on iTunes. And tell your friends. Yeah, share this, um, this great gift. Retweet it. Tweet it. Like us on SoundCloud. Follow us on SoundCloud. Follow us on iTunes. We're there. 
Um, down. Can you stop breathing into the mic? <laughs> Download the podcast app on your um your phone, and it'll tell you when we have new episodes. It'll give you a little badge. So go ahead and do all that. So we three want- step process. Tell your friends about it. Share it. Tell them to go on iTunes and click on podcast and, and search yourself. Roundtable Radio. And you can subscribe to it and just pick a time and it'll automatically update your computer each week at 12 o'clock on Monday if that's what you choose. That's what I chose. Yeah. And so, thanks um, for listening in. Thank you. We'll also hopefully have a guest next week. Um, but thank you. Go do all that stuff that we told you. Bye. Take it easy, guys.